It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Susie Revo. Good morning, Susie. Hi. I was blown away by your film, Left on Pearl. I lived in uh, Boston for over 12 years, went to BU. I mean, the, the footage, the, the storyline, how did this all come to, come up to be? Well, uh, quite a number of years ago, I think it was in 2003, um, through a friend, uh, I heard about this project. They, it was a group of women who had been involved with the Cambridge Women's Center that came about as a result of, of um, the events depicted in this film, which was a building takeover that led to the founding of the Cambridge Women's Center. And um, they wanted to document this history because it was a story that hadn't been told. And they were trying to do it, but they were not filmmakers and didn't have the um, technical ability to do it. And so they were looking for someone to help them. And um, through word of mouth, I got involved. So I started by shooting some interviews. And those were just so amazing and intriguing that I really wanted to make a film. It's a really interesting film and so timely with how I feel, the, how things are at this moment. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we really had no idea back then that um, we'd be where we are now and the need for this sort of information um, and story would just be so overwhelming. would be so apropos. <laughs> really apropos. And I, I find it so interesting, you know, even when I think back to like Woodstock and how, you know, all these people showed up, there were no cell phones, there's no email. And, and I think about all these women showing up for marches. Mm-hmm. I mean... How how did every all these messages get out there so fast? There was there was a lot of leafleting. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the use of the mimeograph machine, which I don't think people know about much today, um, and phone trees. Yes, there were landlines. They did have phones, um, and just you know a lot of people talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, word of mouth. Was it tough to get all this uh, footage from you know the people that lived through this? It was it was a very challenging um, process that took a long time. We ended up getting a lot of footage from the Boston Public Library, which held um, a huge archive of footage that had been rescued from the trash. Basically, it it had been uh, news footage from WHDH in Boston. Okay. And when when they switched over to digital, they got rid of a lot of stuff. And uh, this this stuff had been somehow saved miraculously. Um, but it was not in any order, and it was really hard to find, you know, what you were looking for or even to know what to look for. But we ended up finding a lot of great stuff through that. Um, so a lot of a lot of the film um, uses that as what we call B-roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we, we were lucky to get um, a 16-millimeter film of the march that led to this takeover, and that was done by a BU student uh, at great. the time. And then there was another really great film called um, Genesis 316 that was about the women's movement at the time. So a lot of contemporaneous uh, events that were had been happening were in that film and different people who were actually in our story were in that film. So that filmmaker was really generous in allowing us to use a lot of her footage. Could you give the listeners a little bit of the backstory of how this all came about? Because I know there was opposition to the displacement, you know, by Harvard University. They're expanding and taking over Mm -hmm. low-income housing. 
That's right. Yes, that was going on at the same time. The film covers a lot of ground. Um, it talks about what it was like for women at that time, generally in society, uh, as well as in the sort of counterculture or left. Uh, things were not really good for women. They were really sidelined, and there was just a lot of overt sexism. Um, and women were starting to get together and talk about their lives in what was called consciousness-raising groups, which eventually led to action, mm -hmm. um, to actual protest. And this was one of those protests. It was an International Women's Day march. Um, that, that holiday hadn't been celebrated in a long time in the United States, even though it started in the U.S. In the, around the turn of the century. Um, and it was being sort of reinvigorated. And the march, secretly, some of the planners of the march decided that they would take over a building. Um, and they, they looked for a building for a long time, found one, planned it out really carefully, but they didn't tell anyone because uh, it had to be secret or else it wouldn't work. Sure. Um, and they really thought they'd be kicked out right away, um, but they ended up staying there for quite a while. I won't give it away. No, but no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, simultaneously, there was a lot of... Um, Frustration in the in the community right around the Harvard University area because Harvard was expanding into these neighborhoods and people were losing their housing, um, and so there had been a lot of protests and they really weren't making much headway. Harvard was refusing to talk to them, um, the people of these neighborhoods, in particular the Riverside neighborhood, which was largely African American, um, and so these two movements, these two actions, sort of intersected for a moment in time where there wasn't a lot of dialogue between the different um, constituencies, but uh, once these women, who were largely white, took over this building um, right in the heart of Riverside, yes, <laughs> it was, it was kind of a really complicated situation because not all of them knew what had been going on in that neighborhood. Yes. Um, and anyway, so... The neighborhood was mixed about mm -hmm. this takeover, but um, there was enough support sort of on a basic level because, you know, they shared a common um, enemy, so to speak, right. in Harvard, yeah. um, that, that they did work together. And um, eventually Harvard did speak with, you know, meet with um, the Riverside community and, you know, but that negotiation was difficult and went on for many uh, well, the, the protests against Harvard encroaching on that neighborhood went on for yeah. many years, and, and the site itself, which was where the building had stood, uh, eventually did become student housing. It was a Harvard-owned site. Um, so the, the neighborhood, you know, in, in many ways was wiped out in, in a sense, um, but it took them 30 years to accomplish what they thought they could do in one year. It's so interesting. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about the women's liberation movement of the late 60s and 70s. And this was a this was a huge movement. I feel it made a, a big impact on so many lives. I mean, relationships were formed. And mm -hmm. then there was actually the women's um, center was actually opened, what, six months mm -hmm. later? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, about. yeah. Mm -hmm. And where does it stand now? Where are things now? With the women's that? center? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Women's Center in Cambridge is doing really well. It's um, very vibrant and continuing and mainly serving um, the needs of of women who are 
homeless or semi-homeless. It's not a homeless shelter, but it is a place to go during the day. Mm -hmm. They offer a broad range of services. I mean, it's not specifically set up for for that, but I mean, they still have a lot of different um, programs um, that relate directly to women, um, you know, health referrals and uh, counseling and different support groups and job training and, yeah, all sorts of things, art classes. But, you know, the population, as our society has become, you know, the, the divide between rich and poor has increased, yeah. um, and there is and housing is so expensive, and there's been further gentrification, so there is a large homeless population, and they can't, you know, people can't um, be in the shelters during the day. So this is a good alternative. Sure. Now, is there opportunity for people to get involved in something like this? In the Women's Center? Yes. Or Absolutely. Yes, they are looking for volunteers there. Um, you know, and, and people should get involved. I mean, I know that people in L.A. are not going to get involved in the Cambridge Women's Center in Cambridge, yeah. Massachusetts. But um, there are many ways to get involved with um, with some of the issues that the film talks about. You sure. know, general em- empowerment and people power yes. and, you know, fighting back. Right. So... Yeah, I, so there's so much going on now is really um, now's incredibly, the time. Yeah, yeah, important time to be involved. I, I was listening to the radio on my way into the station, and I heard somebody, I quickly turned it off. He was talking about, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings and saying, mm-hmm. we've got this, uh, you know, left liberal mob coming at us. And I'm like, click. Unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, what? Was this the 1950s? What, what are, where are right. you from? This is, we're 2018, you know? I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that peaceful demonstrations, freedom of speech, mm-hmm. um, at a time where it's so necessary, where, you know, basic norms are being, and laws are being um, overridden, and there's perjury and yes. all sorts of things. I mean, the least people can do is be able to speak out. Right. So right. that's really terrible to, that they characterize it that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's um, that's why I just found your film to be so timely and so powerful. What would you, is there anything you would like listeners to know about the film without giving too much away? The film is fast-paced. It's funny. It has a lot of wonderful personal um, recollections and anecdotes from people, um, and it just moves right along. Um, and basically, it's the, it's our history, and we don't see a lot of this history, sort of outsider history um, of movements, of social movements in general, um, and especially the women's movement. It's really the least documented of all the you know movements of the 1960s that we what little we do know about that time, we, we know even less about the women's movement. And as, as you said, a very important movement that really changed the social fabric of our country. Um, so I think that we need to know our history, and that was why we made the film. Um, and it really strengthens us going forward to, to know that women have done these crazy radical, not crazy, but <laughs> crazy in a good way. Yeah, radical <laughs> good, yes radical good things yes. that have actually, like, this was a successful event. They ended up um, getting a women's center through various means um, as a direct result of this takeover, and things uh, like that can happen. They can happen again. Not exactly in the same way. I don't right. think that, 
No, we can't People take would come out building. alive <laughs> right. these days with the very militarized exactly. um, police state that we have. Yeah. So, Susie, I understand your film is going to be showing at the La Femme International Film Festival coming up this week. Saturday, October 13th at 8 p.m. at the Regal Theater, 1000 West Olympic Boulevard. Up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, I have all your info. Um, great. Yeah, and the JPEG of your film. And this has been great. I want to thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. My nice pleasure. talking with you. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.